from the American Gulf Coast, it's the Dave Nemo Show. Always look forward to talking to old friends on the program. Well, he's not old, but uh, he's a friend, Tim Ashoff, president and COO of Creek Carrier, and of course, um, Schaefer Trucking, and Jeff Humphrey is joining us as well, along with Tim. Jeff is the director of dedicated and regional fleets, and this wasn't planned, but if it was planned, it would have been planned exactly like this, because the topic today with Tim and Jeff from Creep is what impact is technology having on trucking now, today, and what do they kind of see in the future, and what types of technologies are a go, and which types of technologies are a no. And Tim Ashoff, good morning. Good morning. Great to be on the show again. Oh, as always, great to have you back. And uh, Jeff is uh, new to the program, so I thought maybe you would do the honors and uh, introduce Mr. Humphrey to our listeners. Sure. Uh, Jeff's been a key member of our team, has been on board with us and started out in our operations group and has evolved to his current role, which, as you mentioned, involves uh, dedicated and regional fleets. But as a part of that, uh, certainly uh, technology and how we operate any of our fleets is a big part of what we do. And Jeff's been an integral part of our team. And and looking at technology that you don't, uh, particularly maybe drivers out there, don't hear about as much, but we in the trucking company world have to look at and say, what can we use to continue to make uh, our drivers, uh, you know, be safe out there, be productive out there, and how we operate. And so Jeff's been a key part of that uh, for our team in, in vetting out that technology, see what, seeing which technology can help us, and then implementing it here in the, in the back office, so to speak, that's sometimes invisible to the drivers, but certainly trying to help them be productive and get the miles they need every day out there on the road. Jeff, uh, welcome. First off, good morning. Good morning. Glad to be here. Hey, I'm glad to have you. You know, uh, you talk to a lot of folks uh, that kind of do what you do at uh, Crete Schaefer. And um, what are some of the underlying reasons that uh, the folks who make purchase decisions in terms of technology, whether it be safety, whether it be back office, telematics, logging, whatever the technologies are, what are some of the motivating factors that you hear from your, uh, your, your, your friends in the industry? Yeah, I think a, a couple of reasons. I think first and foremost, the the thing that we always look for is is how does this improve uh, maybe a process or efficiencies. You know, looking for ways to maximize you know daily productivity, um, utilize hours efficiently and safely. You know, those type of things. But then also for um, you know down the road developmental purposes. So where, what can we take? Um, you know, maybe what has a certain function or feature that we really like that we think we can apply to, to something we already have or something we think we're going to develop. So I think there's always that continual evolution of, of a product or a process so that we can always continuously look to improve and, and, and better maybe something we do or, or look to do in the future. You know, uh, I've kind of created a bumper sticker, I don't know how long ago now, that says simply, technology will not be denied. In other words, once the technology is presented now, it's pretty much a given that that technology is going to be adapted and very quickly by a lot of people. Um, now, that particular piece of technology, that particular widget may not 
be successful, but somebody else, like maybe 13,000 other people, have the same idea that they're massaging, they see what happened. What I'm getting at is the technology is going to continue to flow through. Uh, Tim, there's one piece of technology, though, that's flesh and blood in these trucks, and uh, that, of course, is the driver. And um, where, are, where is the driver right now? The driver is obviously still very, very important, and I think what what we're seeing is the driver is being has been impacted, you know, in the last uh, particularly three, four, maybe five years, in in a number of ways, and in, in what they can actually do on their own, how they can use their own smarts. Uh, meaning, I think they've really lost a lot of the freedoms, whether it's through some changes in regulation, and you know, we have another one coming right around the corner with the ELDs. You know, it was the hours of service. Uh, you know, six, seven, eight years ago first, and now the ELDs, whether it's, um, you know, other technology out there that is taking maybe some things away from that driver, and then uh, maybe it's the industry and demands of the industry itself, you know, the way the supply chain is becoming, what I'll say, much more precise and, and data-hungry uh, out there. There's uh, there's a lot of our customers out there that are wanting, you know, information and decisions to be made that normally we'd leave up to the driver. And so I think what we're looking at is how do we take technology and still, you know, make sure that driver is the lead technology and the truck is the primary decision maker, but how do we help them now uh, with other technology to kind of um, – counteract some of the, I'll call it the freedom or the flexibility that's been taken away from, from their own autonomous decision-making out there. And, um, you know, unfortunately, that's that's sort of the way the world has evolved. As you said, when technology comes out, someone's going to adapt it, someone's going to find a use for it. And sometimes that's taking those decisions away from us as, as people. And, it, and that's certainly not unique to our industry, but certainly has impacted our industry. It's all done in the in uh, under the umbrella of efficiency and productivity. And of course, we'll put a nice layer of uh, frosting on that cake and call it safety. You know how that works, but that's not where I'm going. Uh, the um, the 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 acceptance of technology, of course, is is one thing, but the necessity for it is something else. Um, it seems as if. The logistics supply chain is like a living, breathing thing that is demanding data. It, you have, we're shoveling data into that thing like Casey Jones shoveled coal into the uh, boiler, you know. Um, and and everything is based based on data now. Um, D D Jeff, what I was going to ask you is when it comes down to it, um, whether you want to or not, everybody's become data-driven. What are some of the what are some of the decision making processes you make in terms of adapting a technology because it's big bucks uh, and do you kind of categorize the technology like do you have uh, technology or software even that might uh, address efficiencies and productivity and then maybe something else that uh, affects um, you know hours of service and, and driver downtime and maximizing miles. And then you've got the safety technologies too. Uh, how do you how do you pigeonhole some of that stuff, and and decide which one you're going to adapt? Right. So what we <clears throat> we kind of group it in different suites. So we have 
you know, our, our optimization software, our, our operations dispatch software, and, and I'll touch on that here in a second. Um, but then we have kind of our, you know, we mentioned a little bit about the back office support. So we have some stuff that involve, you know, setting up, um, especially my area of, of what I do, you know, setting up dedicated fleets and setting up different various opportunities for, for drivers and, and for our customers. And then um, there's a, a like third grouping that has essentially what we would call just a, a straight communication. So pieces, combining pieces of data that exist and has have existed for a long time and just grouping them in a way that um, is easily acceptable, readable, understandable, so kind of gets everybody on the same page. But kind of to touch on that that optimiz- that operations software that um, started with. So what we do um, is we take obviously we have e logs um, and we know our our customer data. So what we try to do in an effort to improve efficiencies and improve ultimate productivity and try to utilize um, you know our drivers' hours efficiently and make them as productive as possible, we feed all this information in with our our trip information, our our customer data, our drivers' hours, and then we use basically an average an average transit calculation um, to try to estimate how long. Uh, a piece of you know freight should take to get on and off. Um, you know maybe we um, look at that next load and say okay maybe it's best that we take a say a 12 hour break as opposed to taking a 10 and, and starting your day just to try to utilize those hours efficiently and ultimately at the end of the week month year you know improve that that bottom line for for the driver and then also set set ourselves up to be successful from a service standpoint as well. Well, that's pretty interesting. That is pretty interesting. Tim, you know, uh, when Jeff was uh, uh, speaking there for just a moment, I was kind of uh, picturing uh, things in terms of who, uh, okay, back in the good old days, and maybe they they were never such days, but, you know, you had your three essential links in the supply chain. You had your shipper, you had your carrier, you had your receiver, and everybody kind of just did their thing to the best of their ability. If a guy got it in your trailer as quick as he could, you got it over to the other guy as quick as he could, or you could, they unloaded it as quick as they could, and of course, circumstances prevailing, uh, no two days or, or no two deliveries are ever alike and all of that. Um, but when, but it seems as if now the supply chain itself is becoming a motivating factor, a uh, like a um, almost a slave driver in a sense to where they need to, who needs to know where that widget is through the entire life cycle of the widget? Tim, that's what, I, that's what I've never been able to figure out. Who, what entity is it in the supply chain that has caused this incredible rush towards um, integration and uh, for um, maximization uh, at the risk of kind of just, boy, I hate to use the word disrupt, but it's kind of disruptive. We ask ourselves that same question every day because sometimes we, you know, we ask the same thing: Is there really a need to know every second um, through this uh, this widget's life cycle exactly where it is and, and when it's going to be somewhere? Um, you, you know, certainly in some applications there are, there are there is that need, and I think the two things that we have seen that are really driving that one, maybe a little bit more real, is the inventory controls, just-in-time inventory, and wanting you know companies wanting to manage um, their overall expense. I mean, there's been a lot of pressure. 
pressure on companies in the last uh, you know four or five years, given the economy and some outside factors coming in with some companies uh, that have come into the U.S. and and you know taking over some companies and really trying to drive out uh, any costs. And so that you kind of have an understanding, but I also think there's somewhat of a of a, of a false. Uh, demand out there driven really by what we talked about before technology too and and what we all see every day as consumers you know if i order something online today i get to look online and i get to track every single step of that order you know when the order's processed when the product's being picked when it's being boxed when it's uh, you know given to a parcel carrier and then along that parcel carrier route you're seeing where it's at you're going to see exactly what time it's you know got to the city you live in and then what it's going to deliver to your house so i think people see that and they say well hey as a consumer that's kind of cool so why can't i have that with my whole truckload of widgets and so (laughs) oh you mean every one of those little guys (laughs) right and so there is that demand that's out there and and um, you know unfortunately you know or fortunately we you know we work with our customers and try to meet uh, that demand as much as we can but again that level of visibility and precision is something you know in the truckload industry it's hard to to put the number of variables and factor that into there. You know, we were talking before, you know, this weekend was quite the weekend for weather. Uh, it was probably hard, you know, seven days ago to predict exactly what the weather was going to do to some loads of widgets crossing Kansas or Texas or Missouri with just the different weather uh, that they had in those various states. And so to provide that level of precision um, beforehand is difficult, but then during the load, you could say, okay, well, I'm giving you that level of precision, but, but what could have I really done about it, you know, and so it's working through that and balancing that with customers. But uh, as we talked at the beginning here, looking at, well, what's the impact of that on the driver? Um, Because now you have that visibility and we're going to have more of our customers asking, well, what can you do differently to to get that widget here faster? Or, um, you know, can you talk to your driver and have them do something different versus, um, you know, what you, as you mentioned, the way it used to be is, you know, you had the, the shipper, the carrier, and the the receiver and us as a carrier, you know, once we we routed, the, gave the driver his uh, dispatch, we relied on the driver to be very independent in making a lot of those decisions. Um, today, um, that's a lot different uh, because we wanted to take that freedom away from the driver. We don't trust the driver. It's really, the, as I mentioned, the demands that we now have from customers and the regulatory changes that require that. Wow. Yeah. Um, we, we must follow the widget along the way. It's almost like playing a, an extension of a video game when you really think about it. I mean, we're actually doing the same thing, tracking our widget as we are guiding Mario through or wherever. He... Oh, excuse me. That's a text. Uh, my widget's going to be here at about 3 o'clock this afternoon. <laughs> Jeff, uh, Tim talked about something, and I kind of joke around about automated trucks are coming. Weather permitting. Uh, weather. Uh, Tim is right. What a weekend, man. You know, it, it, it was everything all at once, unexpected on top of all of that. Uh, how has the, uh, the technologies that you have now uh, helped you to get drivers out of the way or ahead of the game or to wait behind the, the front uh, in terms of how to handle weather. It's got to be light years ahead of where it was, say, 10 years ago even. 
Yeah, and I think there's even uh, more development that we're currently in process, hopefully, to, to um, get a little more predictive modeling, essentially, out of it to know that, hey, there's a, a certain amount of risk. So use the, the Kansas example from this weekend to say there's a 80% chance that there's going to be snow and ice and, and you know, it, the roads are going to be unsafe. So either we, we stop or we can take an alternate route um, and actually a, a piece of software that we're um, currently working with is in process to try to develop some of that technology out to say <clears> – <throat> Before we even um, pick up a load or before we even go somewhere, um, you know, there's a chance that along that route line there may occur an event, um, a weather-related event of whatever magnitude, um, and, and it kind of weights that out to say, hey, this is this is something that's not going to be a very big deal or something that could potentially be a very big deal, and that way that would allow us to, to route our drivers safely around that or to say, hey, let's just leave that load where it sits and we'll, we'll do something else so we can make some of those decisions on the, on the front end um, versus, hey, I'm already in Kansas and it's icy and I have to shut down. So if we yeah, can avoid that. You know, you're you're pointing up something, Jeff, that I think is really uh, significant here. Tim, everything he just said that they do, they could have done on paper with uh, atlases and maps and phones, you know, Western Union or whatever. Uh, The idea isn't that the quality of information and uh, analysis hasn't always been really great. It's that now you can get it in a nanosecond as opposed to like, I'll get back to you in a couple of hours, which was the best you could do. Absolutely. And, and you know, that, that type of, of instant uh, data, instant information is, is you know, going is, is present now throughout the supply chain and throughout our lives. If you think about it, I mean, as you mentioned, you got a text before from somebody that, you know, not too many years ago, it had been uh, picking up the phone and calling you or sending you a letter or something else. We have that in our whole lives. So there is that expectation now that uh, we operate that way and that, um, you know, we provide our customers information that way. And then, you know, at a point, I think it's going to become the expectation of drivers, too, that, that we as a company support them that way. Hey, hey, you should be able to give me this information quickly so I can make the adjustment I need to do so I can make a better informed decision as a driver. So that as we look at technology, we're looking at all the all the people it will impact, and how can we do that? But at the same time, what we have to be real careful of is so there are, as you mentioned, there's uh, like weather, for example. Um, it, it's not an exact science. There are um, you know variables that come into play, just as with many other things. We have to ensure that the technology, the modeling, the other thing has a has a high enough degree of accuracy that we're not providing a lot of false positives because then our drivers are going to no longer think, well, I got the information quickly, but it's not valuable. Our customers are going to think, well, I got the information quickly, but it's not reliable. So that that's another balance we have here. Um, certainly data about something that's already happened, we, we can that's real, we can transfer that quickly. Data about what's going to happen, there are some assumptions that have to be made. And so how we make those assumptions, what the software models do and the variables they put in there, that's that's a real challenging part. Um, it's getting better every day. Um, the more data you have, the better that model typically is. And so that's something Jeff and, and his team work through a lot is, is these models and how accurate are they. And Because the last thing we want to do is provide a lot of false positives out there. And, and then people don't 
think the data is valid or they don't think the model is good or they don't like technology because as you said before technology is there it will continue to evolve it will continue to change so we don't want to shut people off to it we just need people to know that it's not perfect it's a lot better than maybe when it was 10 years ago we just need to continue to evolve with it yeah the need for speed sometimes uh, you have to have some substance to go along with that and slow that down you know we have that need for speed in this industry in the media uh, whereby how many times have you seen a story uh, where a number of people were, were were injured or killed or involved and this you know the numbers bounce all over the place at least three people uh, at least seven people now it's five people and and the the rush to get information out it really skims over uh, the details. So I guess the devil is in the details, Jeff, in terms of uh, how some of this technology works and does it always play well with others? Yeah, and we we spend a lot of time to to see what what's accurate, what's real, and then, you know, that's that's kind of from a data standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it, it's also what do we do with it? You know, how do we make, um, how do we leverage that to ultimately make whatever we are working on better? You know, maybe that's more productivity. Maybe that's a better service. Maybe that's a different opportunity, whatever that may be. Maybe it's a safer route. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of background um, and a lot of people that, that put in a lot of time just to verify the accuracy of that information. And then um, another set of people that say, okay, what are we, what are we going to do with it? What's the action? Because we can have great technology and we can have all these different tools and at the end of the day if we can't execute any actionable decisions off of that it it doesn't serve its purpose you don't let the data dictate you use the data as a, a part of a tool to develop a formula to create a solution the data is there for using but the data can very easily become the predominant thing well i've got the data to back that up and that's sort of like a kind of a cya thing i guess to a great degree i really appreciate what you had to say there jeff i wish i had the opportunity to appreciate some more of what you'll have to say but we're out of time here but i hope you'll come back jeff humphrey the director of dedicated and regional fleets at Crete and Schaefer. Jeff, thank you again. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. And Tim, thanks for bringing Jeff to the program. Thanks for being here yourself this morning. You're welcome. Certainly, uh, we're in a changing world. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes more and more data-driven. Fortunately, sometimes more and more data-driven. But, uh, you know, I think we need to find that balance between uh, data and real world, and that's what we're working hard on every day. Understood. Understood. Tim Ashoff, President of Schaefer, Executive Vice President, COO of Crete Carrier, and uh, Jeff Humphrey, once again, Director of Dedicated and Regional Fleets. That was a... Uh almost philosophical discussion on uh, technology. I really appreciate the insight and the depth at which those guys can speak about stuff like this. It's about time for news and weather as we continue Tech Talk with TMC coming up in the next hour. 